0: This is a Pele Media Podcast.
1: Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park, Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 26. Uh, aloha, Brady. How are you today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty awesome, man. Pretty happy with uh, the launch of Pele Media, the uh, umbrella kind of for our other podcasts. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. We hope it uh, pans out because we'd like to continue doing this for a while and we kind of needed uh, some sort of unit of protection. So we figured this would be the best way to do it. Kind of, Yeah. Not so much made to make a podcast network. as just kind of a, a company header, I guess. Yeah, just like a, an
0: umbrella that we can do all these things under and, you know... Just call it one thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But hey, speaking of Jurassic Park, uh, you ready to get into minute number 26 today?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute,
1: the group watched an animated presentation on how dinosaur DNA was collected. The minute ended with a shot of a mosquito getting trapped inside of some tree resin. At minute number 26, we see another animated segment. This time, it is of two amber miners making a tunnel underground. They make their way through the earth until they come to a particular rock. As they are digging, Mr. DNA says that after a long time, the tree sap would harden and become fossilized and would preserve the mosquito inside. At 2608, we cut to a live-action shot of a block of amber being sanded down and then drilled into by a scientist. The scientist is using a drill to get into the banded abdomen on the backside of a mosquito. Mr. DNA explains that fossilized tree sap is called amber. At 2619, we see the scientist using a needle to extract the dinosaur blood from the mosquito, Mr. DNA says, bingo, dino DNA. At 2629, we cut back to a shot of Dr. Grant looking amused at what he is seeing. Mr. DNA goes on to state that a full strand of DNA contains 3 billion genetic codes. We cut back to a shot of Mr. DNA in front of a screen with the letters G-A-T-C flying by at a fast speed. Mr. DNA states that if we looked at a screen like this for once a second for 8 hours a day, it would take 2 years to look at an entire strand of DNA. Mr. DNA says that the DNA sequence is so long, it is full of holes. Mr. DNA says that is where Jurassic Park geneticists take over. At 2652, we cut to a shot of Jurassic Park geneticists working in a lab. Mr. DNA says that thinking machine supercomputers and gene sequencers break down the DNA strand in minutes. At 2655, we cut to the monitor of a silicon graphics computer, where geneticist is using a virtual reality system to look at a 3D rendered model of a DNA strand. And thus ends minute 26 of Jurassic Park. So this contains one of my favorite shots in all of Jurassic Park, and it does bleed over into the next minute, and that is, of course, of the geneticist at the end of the minute using the—and I'm using air quotes here—virtual reality system to look at the 3D rendered thing. So that's not a virtual reality headset he's wearing. I mean, clearly he's looking at—okay, so this is is such a dumb shot— He's looking at the Silicon Graphics computer, and he's using his hands to manipulate the DNA, right? So that kind of makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess he could just use the keyboard shortcut or the mouse to move things around, but why not? Sure. Yeah. He's using his hands to, to take a look at that. All the information that they've collected in the computer has made this 3D model of the, of the DNA helix or the strand or whatever these looking right. at. I think there's a difference between the two. I don't know them yet. I'm sure we'll get to them <laughs> in this weeks at some point. But, um The visor he's wearing in front of his face is a protective visor so that stuff doesn't fly up in his eyes or whatever. But I think this being like the very early, early, early stages of virtual reality, Mm -hmm. we were kind of not really sure what it was. It was a hot word that people threw around a lot. Now they just say VR with stuff like the Vive or the Oculus Rift or the Project Morpheus or whatever. It's just now coming to its own, which is crazy. But uh, I guess we're supposed to uh, accept that maybe he's looking at some data like Iron Man would on the inside of his visor that we're not that's privy the to.
0: Only thing I can, I can yeah.
1: Or other, other than that, they just thought we're like, hey, well, this kind of looks cool. You if know, somebody
0: knows, well, I, I, us.
1: I don't know that there really is anything. to I think our guess is as good as <laughs> yeah. any. Yeah, but I, I think that's what's what's we're supposed to accept that that's a virtual reality headset when in fact it's just something to protect his eyes. Okay, From well, let himself.
0: me go ahead and. Uh, you scratching out some notes there? Up. Okay, great.
1: <laughs> and then and before that, Mr. DNA says, "Thinking machine, supercomputers." And I never understood if he meant that the, J- the Jurassic Park geneticists were like thinking machines, supercomputers, what I yeah, or did they have giant sequencers that can run through the G A T A the Gattaca or whatever the the yeah. sequences to create the strand of DNA. Is he talking about an actual literal machine, or these people are so smart they are like machines? Right. I I, I think. Going back and doing this like breakdown, I think he is talking about a literal machine that we do not see. We should have seen a giant computer with lights like flashing, like boop, 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 you know like what?
0: That. One of those things. This is one of those things. A perfect example of the fact that you saw this movie at one point, you asked yourself that question, and that's just sort of what you stuck with ever since. You never mm-hmm. really thought, oh well, let me think a little bit deeper into this. Kind of like the guy's visor, the yeah. virtual reality visor. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's just it's
1: just fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But um. Okay, so I got a little something. Yeah, yeah, tell me. All right, the little cartoon where the guy, the diggers are going down into the earth and everything. Uh-huh. All right, so the second guy is always falling because the other guy's like digging holes down and the other dude's just like falling. And I've always felt sorry for that guy. <laughs> Since I was a little kid. I'm like, no, why does he got it? Can't they like take turns and the other guy fall and get hurt sometimes? It
1: reminds me a lot of uh, Dig Dug. Did you ever play that game? No. Dig Dug, it's this old 80s game where you're digging a hole underground kind of like that and there's monsters that live in the ground and you're like this digger. And then the monsters will come down and you have to inflate them and pop them. Uh, but it also kind of looks like Mr. Driller, who was the son of, of Dig Dug and uh, has his own set of video games where you're doing the same thing. You're drilling down, and it kind of becomes like a Tetris-type game. But, yeah, it doesn't really make sense the way he's digging. A lot of that hole would fall in. But, you know, it's it's a 2D cartoon. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Bart falls down a well. Mm -hmm. And everybody comes to the town to try to dig Bart out of the well. And Sting is the guy who digs the most of it. And they have a cross section cut out like that. And I think Sting is like made like, you know, he's doing like they did, like kind of the, you know, tunnel down that goes back over itself. And where he's not digging, there's like a dinosaur skeleton (laughs) or like an alien spaceship that's crashed. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. I was reading a scientific article doing study for this today that they had found, they had recreated DNA from a uh, horse that had been frozen uh, 700,000 years ago. Yeah. Considering di- these dinosaurs, I think the youngest of them died out 65 million years ago, that it would just not be possible that that blood, that DNA would have completely degraded by that
0: point. Yeah. So. Well, I did a little research, and it sounds like people are even able to put that to rest. Really? Um, yes. So... This would be quite an undertaking because the mosquito would have had to have fed from one type of dinosaur in, in order to have that one type of DNA. That was
1: always my problem. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Because what if he feeds on, like, I don't know, you know, two different uh, types of dinosaurs in the same day. If you had multiple types of DNA, th- they're all going to mix together and you're not going to know what the hell you're going to make or get. So it would have had to have fed on one type of dinosaur. Um, now, that likelihood is incredibly slim that there's one mosquito out there who fed on one type of dinosaur mm-hmm. all the time. All right. So there's been kind of a debate in all of this uh, for a few years. Um, Scientists Rob DeSalle and David Lindley have been in disagreement with a lot of people who say that it is possible to clone DNA from a preserved mosquito. And they say that the stomach acid would, you know, more than likely kill any existing DNA before the petrified amber stopped any decay. So that kind of answers what you were saying. Right, yeah. Um, But some have been, and and some mosquitoes have been found to actually be completely hollow of anything. So, Mm. uh, however... In 2004, scientists discovered intact DNA in a fossilized sandfly uh, encased in crotaceous amber. So, really? Wow. Yeah, okay. We're getting huh. somewhere. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it contained the DNA of a prehistoric reptile. So there you go. We're kind of getting somewhere. That was in 2004. In 2013, a fossilized mosquito was found in Montana that contained almost completely intact DNA. And that was proof that DNA can possibly, that's a key word, possibly survive in an insect's gut. So in some cases, the, the need for the mosquito isn't completely necessary. There's right. actually been dinosaur tissue uh, found in amber. So let's say there's like, oh. yeah, dinosaurs fighting or something like that. One's thrown up against a tree. His blood is suddenly caught in the sap. Right. Something like that. So tissue from the Mesozoic period was found in 2002 in uh, Lebanese amber. So again, we're kind of getting somewhere. In 2005, dinosaur tissue fragments were discovered in France from the Cretaceous period. So... um it was a paleontologist named Dr. Br- uh, Dr. Derek Briggs, and he stated in his article, get ready for this title, A Mosquito's Last Supper Reminds Us Not to Underestimate the Fossil Record. <laughs> That's the name of the whole thing. And there's a quote in it where he says, The well-fed mosquito forces us to revise our ideas on the limits of fossilization. Investigating the conditions of preservation indicate what new information might result from future excavation and collecting and novel applications emphasize how future technological advances will yield data that we cannot yet imagine so this Hmm. kind of echoes the words of ian malcolm a little bit you know for us to think that we presently have all the answers is kind of big-headed right and we're not going to know uh and even someday whenever we do have even further evidence that this could possibly be possible there's still going to be so much information for us to find out from that point on right so we know very little of it it's it's Mm -hmm. Possibly possible, and that is exciting yeah. to someone who would love to see this happen.
1: I think it sounds like it'd be more easy for them just to make DNA up on their own. Be like, uh, figure yeah. out like what makes a hand or a foot or something like that, and then map it out to be like a reptile's foot with a claw, and then just build it up from that point. But it's kind of sort of like the Indominus Rex in Jurassic mm-hmm. World, which is just a complete creation of From the Ground Up, that kind of thing.
0: I remember yeah. seeing a documentary a few years ago, maybe like Discovery Channel or something, where there was a guy who was trying to mix like bird dna with reptile dna he was basically gonna do what you're saying is like try and create something from from the ground up instead of trying to clone prehistoric uh you know tissue or dna so cool i don't know man but it's like we've gone back to before like what then what do you what do you what do you do then once you say oh it's possible check it out i proved it what then yeah, you know, so right. it's well, a, guess you make it. Yeah, I guess you <laughs> make it. Yeah. Ostrich yet, and uh, start a theme park. Around so, it. so
1: one question I kind of had had, or one thing I didn't understand was the gene sequence gaps. The mm-hmm. gaps I never really understood, like what that was about. I figured that well, if I mean, if you get the DNA, then why isn't it all there? You know, like. But I guess part of it is that there would be some 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 issues with it, right? I, mean, I
0: guess decay over time. Well, go so, ahead.
1: Yeah, so I looked up on the Jurassic Park Wikia kind of an answer for this, and this is from the Jurassic Park Wikia. In the fossilization process, molecules are, are altered. DNA in amber or bones cannot survive completely without gaps for tens or hundreds of millions of years. The novel attempts to, direct, to address this problem by mentioning that Hammond and InGen have purchased virtually the world's entire stock of amber in the quest for the maximum number of possible samples of blood from ancient mosquitoes. Even after reassembling, fragments of code would still contain gaps. To successfully clone a dinosaur, DNA has to be correct. It has to contain every chromosome. And that should contain no sequence gaps. So kind of like what we are talking about there, are things like you know the mosquito blood mixing with it, that they would have to fill in these gaps. Mm-hmm. through random, probably random, just like reorganization of the, of the DNA sequence until they get it to click, right? So that would explain, I mean, if NGIN was able to buy up all of the amber, they would have to have all the blood from all the mosquitoes and then all of that cataloged to a computer and then like a computer that's able to reassemble all those codes yeah. to recreate dinosaurs. So we're talking about a lot of computing power.
0: And to detect what's stegosaurus what's velociraptor yeah what's, yeah that's know?
1: the thing is figure out like okay well this is this a dinosaur yes okay are all these of uh, these codes of the chromosomes complete yes okay well this is one we catalog this here here's how to recreate this from protein strands and it's very interesting but it's just the the task of tackling it is so gargantuan that it would take you know a long time to happen but mm-hmm. like you said you know we're getting probably closer every day we don't even know it but yeah i'd really like to see some paleolithic type stuff uh Cloned first, woolly mammoth, you know, mm-hmm. saber tiger. I think that's probably a little bit more closer to happening. Yeah,
0: a, l- a little bit more tangible. At, yeah, at this moment, but uh, exciting stuff, man.
1: Very exciting, and a lot of this is over my head, but it's really cool to kind of like read yeah. up and think about. On. To... I
0: also want to say that um, all of the information I got uh, about Dr. Briggs uh, came from the Jurassic Park wiki Yeah, and that so... and mine as well. So. Yeah.
1: Go visit that. It's, uh, I'm sure that everybody that listens to the podcast probably knows about it. So. Yeah. All right, well, you ready to get out of here?
0: That's all I've got. Awesome.
1: Uh, that's all I've got as well. So folks, we will be back tomorrow for minute number 27 of Jurassic Park. I'm Kyle.
0: I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media.